Well, this is it, Rock. The season right here on this fourth down play. How many times have we said that on this drive? Rodgers in the shotgun. Three receivers left, one to the right. Packers need at least seven yards to move the chains. Rodgers gets the snap. Blitz is on. Rodgers scrambles He's left, winds up. He's got Cobb to the 10 to the five. Championship dagger of 47 yards. Kick is in the air. Gilreath will have an opportunity. He'll catch at the three between the hash marks 10. Slicing left 15 across the 20. 25-30. Gilreath to the 40. He's to the 50. Foot race to the house at the 30. At the 20. 10. 5. Touchdown, Wisconsin. And this game is underway with a bang. Okay, everybody, welcome in to Two-Hand Touch. We are finally back after a, oh, it's probably been a month delay through uh, technology problems with my computer. We found out what audio drift was, and I didn't want to take five hours to edit a podcast (laughs) until four in the morning, and then some personal issues. But we are back with episode five. Jake, did the Lions just lose the NFC Championship last weekend? Because their fans are sure making it seem like it. You know, uh, Ryan. Yeah, I've no. I think the world is imploding pretty much. But but you know, I thought it was just a Monday Night Football game of week week five. But apparently, the world is ending. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. It was week five. I thought it was week six. I think it was week six. Oh, six. Excuse we me. Should, we should get it right in case some random Lions fan stumbles upon this podcast. Um, So we'll start there with the Packers and Lions on Monday night. Packers won 23-22 after coming back from down 13 nothing in the first quarter. Uh, the game was overshadowed by the fucking awful refing. And I don't think any of us are going to be too biased in saying that the there were four big calls that went the Packers' way. The two hands to the face that one of them for sure wasn't hands to the face. The one maybe he got him towards the end. The pass interference in the fourth quarter that wasn't called on the Packers. And then the unnecessary roughness on Allison, which... By rule is probably gonna be a, is gonna be a flag every time, mm-hmm. but I don't think it should be. So those four plays overshadow the game instead of people realizing that the after where's the stat that I found after the thirteen twenty eight mark in the second quarter, the Lions had seventy five yards on thirty six plays. I would say that's the reason they lost more so than those penalties. What say you? One hundred percent. I was just gonna say that as well. The Lions' offense did do anything. Any time were they plus four or three in turnovers? Uh three. They're plus three in turnovers. You kick five field goals in a game on plus three turnovers in the NFL, regardless of whatever the refs are calling. You you would say if you threw out even one of those bad calls, and you would say the Lions deserve to lose that game. Yeah, and two of them. The Lions got nine points off those three turnovers. Two of them 
were in the second half and gave the line short field. That's the only reason they even were in field goal range. Two of the field goals came inside the red zone. I was saying this to people. I knew I was on Reddit trying to fire people up with my comments. Um, Fired up. Like, when the the easiest answer I can find for, like, the Packers, even though they didn't lose the game because of penalties, was the NFC Championship game against Seattle. Everyone always wants to Bostic, but there were we, – we kicked what in that game? Two field goals inside the five-yard line? Yep. And then there were countless amount of plays before that. Like, it shouldn't even come down to that. You can nope. sit there and be that moron that's going to blame it on Bostic, but there were nine other plays before that that lost the game for us. The Lions fans and basically the whole internet was against Packer fans, I would say. Um, basically blamed the loss on the two hands of the face, and they forgot about the Lions having 12 guys on the field uh, that give the Packers four extra points. Yeah, exactly. And if you – everyone acts like – well, I, every team pretty much said, oh, this team always gets all the – you know, the Packers always get so lucky by the refs. It's like any fan base could list off four or five games where you're just like, this refing call – screwed us over and that's the reason why we lost so i hate when everyone acts like oh one team gets all the bias calls for that it's like the packers were screwed over we can name countless games oh yeah pass where we'd say the packers got screwed over so a i hate that but i'm right with you where yes did a couple of those calls essentially end the game you could you could say that but did those calls lead to the position that the Packers were in? No, I think the that that was a classic game where I think, which it should have been, and also that's a game where the Packers last year w- would have been down like twenty-one to six. Twenty-one oh, yeah. to six going into halftime. Like our yeah, our, the defense they gave up those two big plays. One's a flea flicker. Yeah, should you be able to re- potentially read that? But hey, it's first game trickery. First play of the game, you know that happens. Second one, safety took another bad angle to help King out over the top. You, you take out those two huge passing plays. The defense played pretty damn well. Um, yeah, I mean game. it's this, it's the same thing. I think we've said all year about the Packers. If they have their defense of the last two years, they lose this game. They get blown out. The Packers are two and three or one and four instead of five and one right now, which. If you did a little math quickly there, those numbers didn't add up. <laughs> and two and four and one and five. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah, so, I mean, the game was overshadowed by that. I think, I think we have to talk about two guys individually on offense. The first is Alan Lazard, who came up huge in this game with Adams out. The hit on Allison. Allison, I don't know. Did Do you know what actually happened to him? Was it a wrist or was it a concussion? Well, they said he was out with a chest and a head. So okay. I don't know if it was both combo in that one play or or what. But like you alluded to, that was a tough one where the DB was making a play and the ball wasn't trying to shoot at the head. But in, the, in today's NFL and football just in general, that play is going to get flagged 10 times out of 10. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think that should be a flag. I don't think that Lions DB was 
going to hurt Allison. He was going for the ball, and Allison just happened to be in the way. But um, So Lazard gets in uh, a little bit also because uh, like Darius Shepard had himself a rough game. Cool. Muffing a punt. First of all, that led to a Lions field goal. A punt that he shouldn't even tried catching. Or he should have just fair caught it, and the guy couldn't have, wouldn't have had to, been able to deck him a half yeah. second after he touched the ball. That's very true, too. The second was, although I believe Rodgers said it was a bad pass after the game, the ball hit him right in the goddamn yeah. face. He essentially just, he was like he was sitting and reclining in a lawn chair while he was trying to <laughs> fucking catch that thing. He's doing the matrix backwards and just doink. So he had those two shitty plays that led to six points for the Lions. Zard comes in, catches four balls for 65 yards and a beautiful touchdown catch. Um, oh, well, I'll wait until you talk about your screen grabs thing for that one. But uh, so he comes in, he plays good, he can catch the ball. He's a big boy. I think we're going to see a lot of him next week. The other person we got to talk about is Jamal Williams. He came back from his concussion. 14 carries, 104 yards. He caught four balls and a, and a touchdown. <sighs> I loved it, but I was also sad to see it because, as you know, I'm a big Aaron Jones guy. Like Aaron Jones is way more talented than Jamal Williams. Sadly, I think this earned Williams more carries, which is going to be to the Packers' detriment at some point in the season against a better team. See, I don't know if I hundred. I get where you're coming from, but I think, I think Jones will still start off, and he if he has the hot hand, they'll just ride him throughout the game and get Williams in there. But I think there was just something a little bit off, whether it was timing or, you know, he took a couple hard, pretty hard hits in the first. He did. He very did first fumble part too. of the game, and he fumbled. Yeah. Um, so something was just a little bit off. So I think it was just the Packers riding the hot hand a little bit there. Um, Rogers even alluded to it when he was saying in in that post game interview where he's that one sweet play to the left that he scored on. I was like, when Williams is out there, it seemed like there was four line defenders in front of him. And oh all my, he that, that should have the end zone like not touched. I was like, wait, how the hell did that just happen? But that should have been a four yard loss. Yeah, he had no business scoring on that play. <laughs> yeah, so something something to watch going forward with it with the carries breakdown. But I still expect Jones is gonna get. The, the the most of the carries going forward still. I agree. I'm just being dramatic. I still think Jamal Williams is going to get more looks, especially in these next two games. And it's just little things like Jones gets a five-yard carry when Williams is going to get stuffed at the line or something like that. Like, those are the differences I'm talking about. Yeah. Because he had that 40-yard run, that hole he ran through was fucking huge. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's another thing. The Packers' offensive line dominated the run game that game too. It seemed like the Packers were they were always pushing pushing forward. Yeah, they were. I mean, I believe as a team they ran for like five point six yards a carry or something like that. Yeah, I think that's about what Williams I saw as well. was running north of six yards a carry. I can't do quick math here, the accountant, but uh, so. Um, you got anything else you want to talk about on their offense? On their offense? Yeah. Yes. Jimmy Graham is goddamn worthless, Ryan. Can't break a f- 
first off, Rodgers throws him a perfect pass, two good passes in the end zone. Yes, the one with the defender was kind of punching up, but he's Jimmy Graham's were paying him money to make those, you know, jump ball catches in the end zone. He's about oh for he's one for probably eight this year on those in the end zone. Then Rodgers drops a dime to him on the side, the the front corner front left corner of the end zone slides, can't catch that anything can't catch that either, and then we give him that. Granted, you got to make a play, but it was that third down and long, and all he had to do is beat one defender. I was thinking like, all right, he's got the catch. He's going to finally make a move and make that like 15-yard gain for us. Just get sacked like a sack of freaking potatoes. He looks like he's running in mud with steel-toe boots that are like four sizes too big for him. Like, he's so fucking slow. Like, I don't I don't know if everyone sees this, has seen this all along, and we're just like, well, we're not going to get anything better. Or f- I have no no. I have no clue what the hell's going on there. Yeah, we need, we need to, we need to. First of all, we need to play Mercedes Lewis more. He can actually catch the ball. Yeah. Although then Jimmy Graham catches that one ball on like third down that. He that was like, actually. I'll give him credit for that. That was a good catch. I mean, he had a guy draped all over, and then he gets he gets hit right away. It was like, where did that come from? But, I think when Tanyan gets healthy, I mean, at some point you just gotta go. I don't care how much we're paying you. You're just not as good as two of the guys in front of you. When they said at week nine, Jake, uh, how do you pronounce the last name, the rookie? Sternberger. Sternberger, thank you. It's coming back. They said eligible to come back week nine. So I know they were excited about his progress during the preseason, um, especially as a route runner. So yeah, they actually he ends up taking some time as well. Today they actually designated him to come back. So yep. I think how it works is he has like – he gets like two or three weeks of practice before they decide whether to take him off the IR or shut him down. Okay. So I think that's how it works. Um, And then you touched on Rodgers was straight. He was 24 for 39, 283, two touchdowns, that one interception, which wasn't his fault. He was straight balling, throwing some dimes. You mentioned that pass to Graham that he dropped, the touchdown to Lazard, the other bomb to MVS. He was actually – throwing on rhythm last yes, night like he's throwing from the top of his drops which i don't remember last time i saw him do that more than like two times in a game no i th- i wish i i saw read a stat somewhere and i wish i would have jotted it down but it was the amount of times where the ball actually came out where it was a throw down the field where it was released under three and a half seconds it's like we have not seen that from the packers offense from a really long time. Some of that you can put on Rodgers because he just loves to hold on to the ball until he can get that play way downfield or see someone in the second and third cut uh, yeah. to get open. So not saying this is all on just our play call and other players. Rodgers does this himself. But there was a lot, of, a lot of times during the Lions game where, like you said, you just saw him get to the top, top of his drop back, letter fire down the field, right in rhythm to offense. So that was great to see. Yep. And then uh, to touch on the defense quick, they really got overshadowed in this game because they got down in the hole, 13 nothing. Like you said, it was thanks to those two big pass plays. Um, I would say if we have Darnell Savage yesterday, that second big pass play probably doesn't happen. 
although Will Redmond's name wasn't called too much, which is a good thing for DB, which means he wasn't getting burnt. But the biggest thing for me is they held the Lions to only 56 yards rushing, and the Lions are a team with a pretty solid offensive line, and they want to run the ball. And then, I mean, the other highlight for me is the Smith brothers. I'm so glad we signed those guys. Every game. I swear both both of them have gotten like a sack in every game this year. I want to say Preston has seven, and his career high is eight. And I think Zadarius Smith has six, and his career high is nine. So they're both easily going to eclipse that. I mean, you could make an argument they're the best pass rushing duo in the NFL. Yep. And just being able to get pressure from both sides, just yes, yep. you can't you can't scheme just all your protection to one. And uh, Zedarius goes rushes up and out the middle plenty. And then I wanted to say huge bounce back game from Alexander as well from defensively. They hard I swear like they hardly ever threw out his guy. I know maybe they knew Kevin King is a little banged up, so you know he definitely gave up a fair share of catches, especially some some deep balls. Um, yep. But stemming from, you know, him giving up large, large chunks at a time versus the Cowboys, it was good to see him have a bounce back game as well. Yep, pretty much. I mean, everyone on the defense played good. Um, Dean Lowry got a shout out from Lafleur after the game. I saw him in the backfield a couple times and even on on running plays, which was the opposite against the Eagles. The Eagles were running right at Lowry every time he was in the game. So that was good to see. yeah, I mean, overall, I think the defense played played great again. So um, we'll move on here to, should we save the, last of the, the rest of this Lions talk till the end? Sure. That's going to be one of my first segments. So we'll, we'll circle back on the Lions at the end of the pod here. Um, let's move on to the rest of the NFL last week. Jake, what, name something that stuck out to you in week six. Well, I've big shocker was the fucking Jets beating the Cowboys. <laughs> Yikes! It ended up being a close game, but the Jets were just taking it, taking it to them. Darnold played looked pretty well, pretty good, um, coming back for his first game back. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see the Cowboys Cowboys Eagles matchup is a huge one for their division coming up here next week, I believe. So it'll be interesting to see the trajectory of both those teams. And then the Vikings did surprise me by just taking it to the Eagles. Um, it was, you know, at the at the Viking Stadium. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was a, a pretty impressive performance by them. Well, Kirk Cousins does good against shitty defenses, basically. The Eagles' secondary is trash. And then Cousins tore him up. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the Jets. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do when you have a competent fucking quarterback. Or how the rest of the team just plays when they yeah. know that they have a chance to actually win a football game. I mean, it's like the Jets were 0-4, but it's not like their roster was anything like the Redskins in Miami, which, hell of a game there. <laughs> Redskins beat the Dolphins 17-16. Uh, fucking Bill Callahan. <laughs> comes out before the game I mean this is like this is how you know this guy coached in like the 80s he just wants to run the ball more than everyone else he doesn't care about the yards per carry so he's gonna run the ball 40 times next week and the Redskins are gonna get 
two yards of carry, and the Redskins are going to lose by 30. The thing is, is uh, is ownership or the Redskins ownership pissed off that they won that game? I I mean I don't know. If knowing, if knowing going... the Dolphins got a game up on them, or or wait, did the Redskins have a win before that? I couldn't remember. No, Redskins were all. Yeah, I, I thought they were all for as well, but so they know the Dolphins got a leg up on them. I mean, are they going to draft? Are they? They just drafted Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. And if it's true that's who Dan Snyder wanted, then. I mean, I don't know. The Redskins are a fucking mess. Yeah, they're gonna be bad for. They're gonna be bad for until Dan Snyder probably leaves. The NFL's got to force him to like sell the team for the Redskins to be good again. I think. Yep. That's gonna become a destination that nobody wants to play at, unless yep. they get paid just a buttload of money. Um, I think the other thing we got to touch on. The Forty ers Yep. Look like the real deal especially on defense. Um, I'm not so sure how good their passing offense is yet, and I don't know when they're going to play a team that's going to test them, but their defense is fucking loaded. Um, I believe Better they be with all this... the draft picks they have for the last four years on there, but... I know, right? Still... I, don't even, I don't even think that Solomon Thomas guy even plays for them. No. He was their first-round pick two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, I will... Yeah, I will admit when they started three and zero, I was thinking uh, some of the teams they had played, and I thought once they face a little more top competition, they'd they'd fade back a bit, a bit. But they have done quite the opposite, just by take, completely taking it to the Browns and in the Rams this last week. Yeah, they look they look like the real deal. They're currently the one seed in the uh, NFC. Um, they do play Packers do play in San Francisco late November and I believe the Niners play at the Saints at some point during the season. Yep. So all th- those things will shake themselves out. Um What was the other game I wanted to touch on? There was one more. Um Oh, Texans and Chiefs. Who's the second best team in the AFC? Yeah, I was I was just I was just about to say that we haven't just been talking about NFC games on purpose, just that the AFC has just been god-awful this year. I mean, it's the Pats, and then, I mean, you could make an honest argument that the Bills are the second-best team in the AFC right now. They, gave, def- they pretty much gave defense. the Pats the best game so far, too. Yeah. I mean, their defense is so good, and the Bills' schedule is easy. The, the Bills might be 9-1 and one at some point in their season. Their schedule is cake the next like five weeks um so i don't know i mean the chiefs have the chiefs defense is awful again even after switching coordinators they got a whole bunch of new guys they can't stop the run at all and then their offense mahomes is obviously a little hobbled mm-hmm. and i believe they still had two offensive line out two offensive linemen out last game yep so i don't know what you can take from those two losses because if Mahomes is healthy at the end of the year and their O-line is healthy, I mean, even if their defense still sucks, the Chiefs are going to outscore everyone. Yeah, they've kind of had a little bit of a revolving door with the running backs kind of hopping in and out, getting banged up during the year, so maybe they can get a little bit more running running presence as their that position heals up a bit. Um, but yeah, 
I don't, I don't know, until they, until they figure out some of that, the defense stuff when you're just slinging, slinging deep balls around, you know, that's, it's, uh, it's great when it's going good, but it's a good way to get the ball to the other team if, pretty fast if it's, if that's not clicking on all cylinders. Yep. Yep. So let's, uh, move on to look ahead at the week seven games and we'll mention some other teams we didn't talk about. Um, I think one of the bigger games that stands out in the three thirty slot is the saints at the bears. And I don't know how the bears are favored by three in this game after losing to the Raiders and the saints have just been rolling. I don't, I don't know if I'd say rolling, but the Saints defense has been playing so damn good. Bridgewater only has to put up like 15 points a game to win. Yeah. So what other what other games week seven stand out to you? Are there any lines you really like? You're gonna put some money down on there, Jacob. Lines. Uh I think the the Ravens Seahawks should be a good game. And then the Cowboys and Eagles are the two that I'm looking at the most, I think. Um yeah, um from the Eagles Cowboys perspective, that's a, a huge game for for the divi- from a division standpoint of who's gonna get an upper. I think a lot of people thought both teams would have had a little bit better record at this standpoint. So it might come down to between the, everyone loves to you know has been ragging on Dak the last few weeks. Um, so see who, who can do it all better between him and Wentz. Yep, that'll be a big one. I believe this is also the start of like the Cowboys like the next four the next five weeks are in f- they're in fucking primetime games so get ready to see a lot of the goddamn Cowboys on TV. Did you, did you also see that clip of uh, the Cowboy players running off the field and uh, Garrett clapping his hands trying to get high fives <laughs> and they all just run by him it's like is he is is he just done after this year? If the if the Cowboys don't, especially if they don't make the playoffs, but say they make the playoffs and win one game, is he out? If they make the playoffs and win one game, there's no way Jerry Jones is firing him. If they don't make the playoffs, then he's gone. I mean, I think he should be gone. I think the Cowboys have I don't gone. Know. If as they only win one game in the playoffs, he might just sayonara, pack the bags, bub. Take your golf claps elsewhere. I mean, that would be the. I think that's what Cowboy fans would want him to do. It's almost like the same thing as like, um, like John Fox in Denver, when he brought Denver to the Super Bowl, they got their ass kicked, and I think the next year they made the playoffs, and then they lost in their first game, and then he got fired, and people are like, "Oh, why are they, why are they firing a guy that bring him to the playoffs every year?" And it's like, well, he's not the right guy for the job. I think Jason Garrett has brought the Cowboys as far as he can take them. Yep. So, and I don't know who you hire. Obviously, there's a lot of college coaches. Lincoln Riley's the big name, but I just, I don't see how you take him seriously. It's kind of similar with McCarthy and Green Bay. Like, after after so long, I think it just falls on deaf ears. Guys yep. just don't give a shit. Yep. And so. then my other, so I know, know I, I noted the Ravens and Seahawks. I think that's a big one because both those teams want to, keep up with the top of the division and then i think the other team it's not necessarily a game but i think ryan there are both our picks this division but i think slowly watch out for the steelers i think they're 
slowly finding something a little bit with their defense and their offense is performing pretty pretty solidly. So I think I think they're a team to watch out for making a move up the, the divisional board in the next four to five weeks. Yep, that'll be interesting. They are off this week, I yep. believe. Yeah, they are off. Um, yeah, they could. I mean, the Ravens don't look uh, – I mean, the Ravens are definitely beatable. Obviously, the Browns beat them a couple weeks ago, and the Browns are in turmoil. The Browns are also on a bye. Um, I think two other games to note. The Vikings are at the Lions. They play at noon. And the other game to note is the Rams at the Falcons. The Rams just traded for Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's their issue. But if the Rams go in there and kick the shit out of the Falcons, Dan Quinn is gone before the end of this season. I I 100% agree with that. So, I think um, looping looping back to your Saints comment too. Say Teddy B wins out until Breeze Breeze comes back. There's no conversation that Breeze is still coming in the quarterback, right? Oh yeah, he's their starter. Yeah, I just feel like any other team, if like a quarterback was playing, and the team won out, there'd be a lot of conversation on if they should just continue on with that quarterback. Yeah. And I'll, so I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast the other day and he actually made a really good point that somehow people like, aren't talking about Bridgewater doing this and like how good is Bree still? Cause he was making the point. If this was, if Bridgewater was doing this in new England, people would just be all over Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and be like, oh, look, it's just the system. It's not him, which is a very good point, although I think clearly Drew Brees is still better than Teddy Bridgewater even now. But, yeah, it's just interesting. Like, he wins every game and nobody brings up Brees. And nobody brings up, like, really Peyton either as being a really good coach. So, yep, the Saints are, like, 5-1 and one and somehow just flying under the radar. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I don't their, get it. Their defense is playing really good again this year, so. All right, let's move on to the Packers uh, preview for this week. So they're hosting the 3-2 and two Raiders. Noon kickoff. It's on CBS. I believe we're getting Nance and Romo. Uh, Packers favored by six. This is the Packers' fifth home game of the season. So I think this is a must win for them. The Raiders are coming off high. They won at Indy two weeks or three weeks ago. Then they beat the Bears in London. They're another team coming off the bye, just like the Lions, so I would expect expect the Raiders to actually offensively look pretty good in their first couple of drives. Yep. Because they're going to have some scripted plays. Um, the Raiders do have a good O-line, but did you see the news about Trent Brown? I did not, actually. Oh, uh, yes, actually I did with his knee. Or, or no. Uh, nope. Fast, nope. The plantar fasciitis? Nope. No? Nope. Not that. Not that. He is getting sued for domestic violence. Oh, boy. So, Kick him out. Can't play. He's done. <laughs> well, I was going to say, apparently this is this must be not something that, like, whoever the person that is suing him just decided to do because I believe I saw an article that they already had, like, um, like video and pictures of the accuser that she already had. So um, 
again, this isn't getting much traction because he's not a big name for one. And two, I think the whole roughing thing is taking it over. But that will be interesting. Um, so we'll see if the Raiders do keep him out of the game. There's still three days to go. Mm-hmm. So um, what are your – again, this is another team that I just said saw a little line, but they want to run the ball. So Packers run defense is going to get tested again. Yep. What are your uh, What are your thoughts on this game? I mean, Raiders took it to the Bears. Granted, it was a London game, so over overseas is always um, a little bit of a wonky from a performance standpoint. But um, I think every before the year, no one would have thought that the you know looked at the Raiders as, hey, that's a should be a win on the win column, and I still think that is the case. Uh, but I think it's going to take a pretty solid performance. And I think watching the Packers play the Lions, there's plenty, even though we got the the W, there's still plenty to clean clean up from the uh, special teams, a couple of big plays of defense, and then the turnovers perspective. Uh, we need to continue to, if, if Devontae is presumably still out, Lazard was the player last game, we need to, find one to two guys each game and I don't think it's going to be the same one to one to two guys each game but you know we got to have one to two guys step up and be you know our playmaker for that game so I think it'll be interesting to watch to see who that is each game going forward till Devante comes back and Ryan with as you alluded to Nance and Romo calling it at least when someone's going to predict a play every play it actually might happen I'm like Booger. How many? What was Booger? One for fifty. On in predicting plays that were gonna happen. I don't know. Luckily, I was at the bar, so I didn't really oh, hear he too just, much of it. He'd be like, "They're lining up all blitz. What? He's got to watch them." And then, oh, great, great disguise there. Packers showed blitz. Full, full drop back. Full drop back. He was like that every play offensive defense. Uh, I'm oh, goddamn. We have one more Monday night football game left. I can't stand Booger, and like everyone, like to go back to the Lions game. Everyone was just praising him and saying how good he was for saying the refs were crap. It was like, shut up. In the ho- past two years, all you people have done is just shit down his mouth. Just because he called out the refs doesn't mean he was good. He still fucking sucks. Oh yes, and it. It was the same thing. I forget what guy ESPN has as their like official analyst, but he would like say something, and then all of a sudden he'd kind of switch. Oh yeah, that was a great overturn, like that catch. And it was like they were all just saying that that should have been a catch, and then a fumble, and then they're like, oh yeah, great, great overturn. So it's like they're just spewing bullshit. Yeah, they don't know. ESPN. They need to fix that shit next year. It's it's bad. It's I don't mind Joe Tessitore honestly. No, I say I like him, but like they need to find. They need another guy. They need to get Booger out of there. He's an idiot. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I think the Packers should win. Move to 6-1 and one before they go on the road against the Chiefs and then the Chargers. Um, so, hopefully we can get to 6-1-6, six and one, six, I think. Yep. I think that's probably the right number. Yeah, I one, think so, one, too. One touchdown favorite with all the Raiders have been playing, so... I think that's um, good. It'll be interesting to see how much playing time Lazard gets if they um 
put someone else back to return punts if Shepard is in the fucking doghouse. But, I mean, without Adams, without Geronimo, I think Shepard's going to have to play again. Yeah. I think the other thing that's huge from looking way forward in the season is sitting at 5-1, and the Packers definitely don't have to rush Devontae back at all. It's kind of more of a... Yep. Make sure make sure he's healthy so that when he comes back, he can make it through the rest of the season. Now, if we're yeah. sitting at 500 right now, and all of a sudden you lose one or two games, mm-hmm. um, obviously that itch to get him back on the field ASAP takes over. Yeah, and I mean these next these next three games, the Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers, they don't really have very good. They don't. None of them have really good secondaries. Um, I mean, the Chargers got good players, but they've, for some reason, just been playing like shit. So, yeah, I don't know when Adams has come back. I would – I'm going to guess he's not even going to be back for the Kansas City game. But you never know. So Yeah, I, don't, I would doubt it as well. I know Turf, turf Tills never had it, but it seems like every time you hear your player has it, it's just one of those injuries that just lingers on and on and on. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to college football. We will start with Michigan and Illinois. Oh, my God. Michigan. I don't know what to fucking say about this team. Every time, all- I, every time I blinked at this game, it was like a different game. It was like a blowout. Wait, no, not a blowout. Yep, a blowout. They're up 28 to nothing. They're averaging like 11 yards a fucking carry. I turned the game off because I wanted to watch Oklahoma and Texas. So I was just kind of doing my thing, watching Oklahoma and Texas. All of a sudden, I get a text from a buddy. What the fuck is Michigan doing? I turn the game back on. It's 28-25. I'm like, you didn't score a fucking point in the second half? How? You're playing Illinois. Minnesota just beat them like 42 to nothing. How is this happening? And then Patterson, they, Michigan fumbled three times again and lost two of them. I swear to God, they're putting butter on their fucking hands before every goddamn <laughs> play. I just don't get it. Patterson is playing like a shell of himself. I don't know if he like if it's too cold or what. He he didn't turn the ball over, but he also only completed fifty percent of his passes for three touchdowns. He was off. Guys are fucking wide open. He's missing them. I just don't. I just don't get it. I I don't know. I don't know. And somehow I'm still somewhat confident in them going into this week. So, I maybe they I all got the nap pads out at halftime, so that it took them a while to wake back up. Jesus, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Let's move on to fucking Wisconsin, Michigan State. Uh, I'll just yeah. say a little bit, and then I'll let you go. Wisconsin's favored by ten and a half. I thought that was too big of a line. Underestimated how good Wisconsin's defense is, how shitty Michigan State's offense is. Go ahead, Jake. This is all you. Yeah, I was. I didn't. I wasn't able to catch. I was tailgating. I was at the Wisconsin game, so I was tailgating. We had the Oklahoma Texas game on, so I did not see much of your Michigan game. But I agree with your analysis. The Badgers. Holy hell, Ryan. They didn't. St- Michigan State didn't stand. The only chance they stood was when we had the penalty and the shitty snap in our first drive, and then we had to punt. And then it was like the the souls of every player and coach and their team was just slowly 
snatched out of their bodies over the course of the next two and a half hours. One, I don't. Michigan State put up some points against a few teams earlier in the season, but that offense looked terrible. They're normally a team that's supposed to be able to run the ball. Our run defense has been great this year, but they didn't even like try to run the ball at all with their with their like their top running back. I don't know if they're just trying to hit their the the receive the receiving game with them, but but their run just... their run game has just I mean their offense as a whole has just been bad for like three straight years now, and D'Antonio hasn't done a goddamn thing to change it. Yeah, it, it's I don't know. There's a lot of other than just the the football, just there's a lot of wonky things going on at Michigan State from just like a culture as a whole and stuff like that. But that was just watching that game. I was like, this looks like us playing a JV team out there. It's like even when they were throwing the ball, they weren't even close. Yeah, they're. I mean, as bad as Michigan's been, I think Michigan State's been worse this year. But um, I mean, the one thing I did say is, <laughs> you're the one Wisconsin won 38 to nothing. I said Michigan State was going to be the best D-line they played all year. They did hold Taylor to just, what, 20, uh, what do I got here, 26 carries for 80 yards? Even yep. though Taylor, Taylor's two touchdowns were just one-yard runs, right? Yeah, they're, they're one-yard runs, and one of them, sh- he should have really only needed to have one. One was our tight end, Jake Ferguson, tripped over his feet on the three-yard line. So, Oh, oh that yeah. Walk, that should have been a walk, and that was one yeah. of those where, like, fuck, that better not bite us in the ass. But Taylor – and. For those 80 yards, Taylor had to work. He made a lot of really good cuts just to get those 80 yards. So Michigan's defense, I think the story was Jack Hohen, 18 for 21, 180 yards, touchdown. Cephas had an unbelievable catch in that touchdown. But Mm -hmm. there was a lot of big third downs and even a fourth down that we went through where he made um, some really good throws. He's on pace to set the school completion record currently at 76.3% over Tolzien, which I think was just below mid mid seventies, but uh he's played great. They've been a little bit more under center the last two games, so hopefully that means whatever was maybe funky with his knee or whatever is kinda keeled out. But uh I think that's really good from a confidence standpoint going into well, yes, we play Illinois this next week, but obviously that <laughs> matchup that everyone's looking looking at two weeks from now is Ohio State, which I think any good team, the Badgers are going to play from here on out. The game plan is going to say limit Taylor to whatever and make Cohen beat him. So, yes, we're not launching the ball downfield and everywhere, but just making those consistent throws and keeping the chains moving is huge for our offense. Yeah, I mean, you guys are going to roll next week against Illinois. Taylor will be able to pad his stats to, you know, help his – Heisman candidacy, which I definitely think he should be involved in. Um, their defense, they've given up 29 points all fucking year. But I did make this note. The best offense they've faced so far is Michigan. Yep. Which is Michigan's offense is pretty fucking pitiful. So, I mean, and, I mean, listen, you're in, Badgers are in the Big Ten West, so <laughs> there's not a lot of good offenses, but... No, like you I, said, the the big game, which I also think it helps that uh, uh, October twenty sixth they're playing at Ohio State. I think that it helps big time that they're playing them at eleven. Yeah, and that's, that's not a night game. It also helps me since I'm in a wedding that day, so that's Ooh. beautiful. But 
yeah, I think we touched on it in an earlier podcast that Fox is just switching up their strategy from a viewing standpoint, putting all their big games 11. So I do believe that's, that's good for the Badgers. It's kind of one of those interesting games where it's a huge game on the calendar, but you know, Penn State or Michigan have not played Ohio State before, but you know, say everyone looks at where it projects, it's everyone. If anyone put up predictions of who's in the Big Ten championship game, not saying this can, this would be my, you know, this is 100% of what's going to happen, but everyone would predict those two teams to meet again in the Big Ten championship. So it's kind of like an interesting conversation of yes, you would want to win both of those games. But if you had to pick one, I think 10 times out of 10, you're picking, you would rather win the Big Ten championship game versus this game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're, yeah, I mean, as a Badger fan, if you go in there, you just don't want to lose in a blowout, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to you wanna play him close. I mean, obviously, you're going to want to win that game. But, um, I mean, listen, the Badgers beat Ohio State. Who knows? Ohio State could lose. To Penn yeah. State, they could lose at Michigan if Michigan decides to get their shit together. So, yep. I mean, you never know. You go on that game to win. Yeah. Um. So, one other quick shout out, Ryan. Quick shout ahead. out to my boy, Big Ball Paul. Wisconsin is eight for eight on fourth down conversions this year. Just big, big, big Ball Paul. That's is that your new nickname for him? Yep. Okay. We're, we every game we win the toss. We lock for the ball first. We score a goddamn touchdown on the opening drive. Anytime it's close and fourth down, even when it's not close, we're going for it, Ryan. <laughs> okay, big ball Paul. I like it. He should go. He should not punt against Illinois, and I bet the Badgers would, will still shut out Illinois. Got to love it. Don't even, don't even bring the punter on the bus. <laughs> Just don't. Love it. <laughs> um, Let's... Let's talk about some of the other big games from last week. Um, big store. I mean, the biggest result was South Carolina upsetting Georgia twenty to seventeen. Um, I caught the end of that game. One, <laughs> Will Muschamp. <laughs> okay, South, South. I don't know. He attempted a 57-yard field goal. Did he have a on, thoroughbred on f- horse kicking the ball? <laughs> I've never seen a horse kick a ball, but I'm sure it would have been better than what he put out there. Um, four, It was fourth and three with 40 seconds left. You're telling me you had a better shot to win that game with a 57-yard field goal with your college kicker than going for it? Not only I don't that, get that. Not only that, but you give... The other team a, ch- a decent chance at field position when you miss if you miss it. Yeah, and well. it's the same thing if you don't get the fourth down, they still get the ball yeah. there. Like I just I I don't get it, I don't get it. Like after that happened, I was like, okay, they deserve to lose. But then Georgia just, I mean Georgia, you're fu- you're fucking loaded. You have five stars everywhere on offense, and they you can't score a touchdown in overtime. And then of course they have, they have like the best field goal kicker in the nation. He fucking misses. Oh, I know. I kind of um, felt bad for him. You see him in his glasses with his hands in his knees. You're like, ah, oh, that's a bad look, bub. Yeah. So, um, I I love how everyone's writing off Georgia. They're like they're done. And it's I think the pa- I mean, Clemson was undefeated last year, but I mean in past years teams have lost. Ohio State got 
smoked by Virginia Tech that one year, and they still made the playoff. Mm-hmm. So, um, Georgia, they still got everything in front of them. Yep, if they win out, they'll be in. Yep, they still got Florida. They got Auburn. They got mm-hmm. Texas A&M. They'll play either LSU or Bama in the championship game. So, yep, they're not. I'm not writing them off. That could have been a good wake-up call for them. Yep. Um, you got a little note here. You can talk about Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah, that game, I was watching that when we were tailgating. That should not have been – it was a fairly close game, but Oklahoma should have won by, like, two, three scores that game. They had turnovers in the red zone stuff. It didn't seem like Texas was, like, that – I don't know. Didn't it, didn't it didn't feel to me like a game that Texas should have been in potentially winning this game. No, they got lucky Jalen Hurts finally made some mistakes when he played a decent team for once. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I th- that first half, even though, like, Texas played so bad offensively in that first half. I mean, both teams yeah. did. But I'm with you. I mean, I think they're going to – well, maybe you know who's looking good in the Big 12, Jake. Who's that, right? The old Cyclones of Iowa State. You know, they've been rounding the corner. They've been rounding the corner. Them and ba- Baylor is undefeated, so we'll see. You know, a lot of people are just penciling in Oklahoma, Texas for the Big 12 championship. Not so fast. Little, little Lee Corso, not so fast, my yeah, friend. Yeah, not so fast, my friend. I think Baylor or Iowa State could sneak in there. Yep. I believe I th- Texas has to go to Baylor and to Iowa State also. So. Yes, I think I believe you're right with that. I think the other thing to note is, you know, Texas put some points on in the second half. Um, but, hey, maybe with a change in D coordinators and stuff, that Oklahoma's defense is a little bit better than previous years. Oh, 100%. I, th- I, think, if... I think it definitely is. Um, I don't think with the teams that they're – well, they'll get tested by offenses that they play, but we'll see when they – you know, presumably if they make the college football playoffs and, and that, but I think their defense is definitely better or appears to be better than it has been in year, years past. Oh yeah. I think, I think if they have their defense from last year, that this game is, you know, this game's a 51 to 49 game again. Mm-hmm. Just the, they what held Texas to three points in the first half, 10, 10 yep. points, I think. Yeah. That doesn't happen with last year's defense. So they got better players. They brought in Alex Grinch from Ohio State. He's made a difference, but yeah, mm-hmm. they'll get tested. But I mean, we can. I mean, we can talk about Clemson. Clemson smoked Florida State. It's gonna be the yeah. same thing. Clemson's not gonna get. You're not gonna see who Clemson is until the college football playoff. No. So they're just sleepwalking through the ACC. Yeah, I think uh, one of the games they have on that. It, how? Well, I mean, they're Bama, but it seems like Bama. This is like one of those years where Bama's not even really being talked about a ton just with how many points Oklahoma has been scoring LSU's got this modern offense they're slinging it around they're looking great um just seems like and then you've had a couple of the big matchups in college football been teams other than Bama it just seems like they're a team that I don't know doesn't seem to me they've been really as much in the the big spotlighted team as they have been in years past well that's because they haven't I mean the, look, this they've played Duke, New Mexico State, South Carolina, Southern Miss, Old Miss, and A&M. They haven't played a good team yet. And the interesting thing is here is the three SEC teams they've played, South Carolina, Old Miss, A&M, they've given up 23, 31, 28 points. 
So I don't think this is the Alabama teams of old that play this great defense. Like Alabama's winning with their offense, and their their next two weeks they they might as well put out the second stringers. They get Tennessee and Arkansas at home. Yeah. Before on uh, November 9th, they finally host LSU. So it's gonna be obviously that'll be a massive game, but that I don't know their team. Their awesome. team were you know the ranked top. You're gonna be within the top three, but they really haven't had that test. So I don't think until we see them the big showdown with LSU, that'll be the first really taste we'll get is to see of how how good of a team they actually are. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, speaking of LSU, they want a good game against Florida at home, forty-two twenty-eight. I tell you what, Jake, <clears throat> I was not a Florida stand at the start of the year, partially because uh, Felipe Franks is fucking awful. R.I.P. R.I.P. Rest in peace. He's not dead, but rest in peace because he's not playing quarterback for Florida ever fucking again. <laughs> um, it's a blessing in disguise that he got hurt because Florida's way better without him. Mm-hmm. I did not think that game would be close. I actually think Florida has a chance to beat Georgia uh, in two weeks. Florida impressed me, but LSU, I mean, that offense. Woo! Woo! Burrow's on fire. He is on fire. And speaking of team that hasn't been tested, I mean, they already played at Texas. They just played Florida uh, the week before – or no, two weeks before they play Alabama. They host Auburn. So they are actually getting tested and playing quality opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, LSU, to me, based on looks and who they played and who they beaten, they look like they should be the number one team in the nation right now. Yeah, I think – their offense has taken a huge step forward. I think maybe their defense is not quite up to par as what we've seen in the past. Yeah, but, but I'm not sure it matters. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if that – I don't think it's, it's not significantly down where it matters. Um, you know, they, as you have alluded to, they've already played a few great, great teams. So that's going to have an impact on your defensive performance. But, but, yeah, from a resume standpoint, they should no doubt be the – the number one team in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some other quick notes here. Uh, Notre Dame kept their playoff hopes alive. USC got the quarterback back. They played them a lot closer, although it was one of those games where Notre Dame was up by 10, then USC would bring it to single digits, then Notre Dame would go up again by double digits, but still. USC played them a lot tougher than people thought. I want to say that was like a 15-point spread mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, yep. Penn State went into Kinnick at night and beat Iowa, which is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they covered my three and a half, too, so. Yeah, which was surprising. Iowa, Iowa. Man, their offense is bad. Oh, good God. Oof-da. Oof-da. They can't score. Um, I mean, you lose two first-rounders, but their offensive line's been, Stanley's been running around with his head cut off. Even <laughs> when he's not, they can't, they don't have playmakers making plays. He's not making great th- throws. Tough look. Yeah. Um, I also – I have the Louisville-Wake Forest game on here. Yeah. Louisville, Louisville won 62-59. to 59. So the reason I have that on there is because last week the only other – well, no, sorry. There were three teams from the ACC that were ranked. Clemson, Virginia, and Wake Forest who is undefeated. Then Wake Forest loses at home in a fucking shootout to mm. Louisville, and Virginia looked – Awful on Friday night at Miami. The ACC 
the fucking what conference the what conference is the American Conference has more teams ranked yes than the ACC does. <laughs> That's how bad that conference is. It's a it, joke. Yeah, it's. It, I don't know. Everyone's. It's gonna be. It's really weird to say that since Clemson just had an unbelievable run as a national championship last year, and they have a lot of their big, big guys back. But I don't know. It's gonna be weird to. It's gonna be weird to say they're literally just gonna walk into the college football playoffs. I mean, I don't have no idea. They could show up and randomly lose to a team by 20. Like, we have no idea. Maybe they're great. Maybe they're not. No idea. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Clemson's going to lose. But if they do, if they lose lose any game on the rest of their schedule, they should not be in the college football playoff. No. No fucking way. They play at Louisville uh, on Saturday. Um, Jesus. And okay, Jake. Every team in the ACC Coastal has at least two losses. Yeah. Right now, Duke, Virginia, and UNC are all two and one. Pitt's at one and one. Pitt might pull a fucking. They might win that conference again. They might pull it out of their ass. They they might do it. Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's a look that conf, that conference as a whole is looking like the Big Ten West besides Wisconsin and the Gophers somehow. Yeah. Oh, can we also say Minnesota? They might be the worst six and O team in college football history. Yes, I would say. Like, I'm gonna have a two parts of my comments. If you look at all the teams that they've played and beat so far, you can argue like one of their top teams that they beat. Purdue didn't have their Heisman. Hasn't had their Heisman candidate their whole year. That no more. He's been out. They, they, yes, they destroyed Illinois and Nebraska. Nebraska had their third-string quarterback they were playing. You could argue that South Dakota State, that was a tight, like, one-possession game, was one, from, like, since they're really good in the FCS, is one of the best teams that they've played so far this year. Granted, some people are comparing that to the Badgers. Michigan's still a top team, and I think, you know, maybe Michigan State sucks. I have no no idea, but... yeah. Um, I mean, Michigan I think, State is still better than anybody Minnesota's yeah. played this yeah. year. Yeah, I think. But my second half of the com- comments is that of that is, anytime a team, regardless of how good or shitty a teams they've beat, once you get to that six and zero, they have a couple of cupcakes in a row and Rutgers and Maryland, who's just had a complete. <laughs> I don't know what the hell they I don't even know what you call what they plummeted to they did a 360 then a 180 yeah I don't know what the hell is going on there but so they should get two more wins anytime you get a team that gets 8-0 regardless of how good they are they're going to be playing with a lot of a lot of confidence so they're it's really those last four games between Penn State Iowa uh, Northwestern and then Wisconsin the last game is when you're going to find out how good the Gophers actually are. Yep. Minnesota is going to be 8-0. I predict that game on the 9th. Oh, no. that's not. I was going to say it's going to be a night game, but then that's the night that uh, – that's when LSU plays Alabama, which will probably be a night game. Yeah, um, it's going to be a little bit bigger than whoever the Gophers play. <laughs> yeah. But they're going to be 8-0. They're going to be They're going to be ranked. They're going to be hosting a ranked Penn State. Uh that stadium's going to be bumping. If it can be bumping, I don't even know if that's possible. 
so and, we'll see. And just for real quickly, for any of you goddamn Gopher fans that are trying to tell me that your team has been just as impressive as the Badgers with the schedule, you guys have won your first like four or five games at one goddamn score. We've shut out four teams by with those same amount. So no, it is not the same. Okay, end of brand. They gave up 32 points to Georgia Southern. The Badgers haven't even given up 32 points all year. No. Our defense has scored just as many touchdowns as we've given up. Yep. So, all right, let's move on to week eight, college football. Let's uh, start with the Badgers. They're at Illinois. 31-point favorites. I think we've talked about it enough. I don't want to jinx anything, Ryan. We just got to show up. Big ball Paul is going to tell the team to get ready. Get the job done. That's it. I think uh, I think the uh, Badgers cover. Um, and <laughs> then, uh, Michigan in what is a light. Um, this is a big game. This is a light schedule. So Michigan, uh, there's two Pac-12 games that feature ranked teams, but Michigan-Penn State is the only other ranked matchup. So this is the night game on ABC. Michigan at Penn State. It's going to be a whiteout. Michigan. Going ballsy again, wearing their all-white away jerseys to join in. Uh, Penn Love State it. favored by nine. I I don't know what to make of Penn State. Neither do I. One week, they look very good, but that's against teams like Maryland mm-hmm. and Purdue. When Purdue, like we just mentioned, doesn't have their quarterback or they're one of the best players in the country. And then the next weekend... They barely beat Pittsburgh at home. Uh, when they played Buffalo at home, I know they won by like 30, but I think Buffalo was up at half. Yep. Um, what I do know is their defense is fucking real good, which doesn't bodes well for Michigan's offense. Um, I think it's also important to note that the past four instances of this game, uh, the home team has brought the away team behind the shed and bent them over. <laughs> um, none of the games have been close. It has gone Michigan blowout, Penn State blowout, Michigan – no, no, wait, sorry. Penn State blowout, Michigan blowout, Penn State blowout, Michigan kicked the shit out of them last year. Um, I'm going to say nine points is too much. I think so too. I think this is a defensive game. I think both defenses slow up because Penn State to me just isn't explosive on offense anywhere. Um, maybe more so than Michigan, but this is a close. If Michigan pulls this out, I am. I'm back on the train, and we're going as full you should, bore as you as you should be. As you should be, and we're going full bore into Notre Dame next weekend. Yeah, I mean so, Penn State, biggest stadium in. North America, so it's going to be rocking. I think, just echoing what you said, Michigan, Penn State's offense hasn't been super, super explosive against better teams, so they could limit big runs, make their offense earn their explosive plays. I think Michigan hasn't showed, even though the run games looked a little bit better against the Sisters of the Poor, but I think they're going to need some, Patterson's going to need to make some big plays with your receivers chucking around a little bit. Um, I think I from uh, might have to hold my gut. I'm not really sure who I'm going to pick to win, but I agree with you, nine points is too much. I would definitely take the Michigan cover on this all day long. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction here, Jake. 
I love if it. Michigan doesn't fumble the ball, they're going to win. Michigan has fumbled the ball in every game this year multiple times. Jesus Christ. They got to use that sticky stuff like from the little giants or something. Yeah. Put stick them on every part of everyone's body or right on their skin. Or not run a fullback that's never carried the ball in your first red zone oh, possession. Jesus Christ. He's still playing fullback for him. He's playing fullback yep. last week. I mean, whatever. Just don't give him the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm also with you on the Patterson thing. He's got to play better to win this game. So, um, I made a couple notes of the other big games. Florida at South Carolina. Obviously, South Carolina just beat Georgia. Florida's favored by five. I don't think South Carolina is going to jump up on Florida. You never know. Yep. LSU, after a big emotional win, is on the road at Mississippi State. Mississippi State just lost to Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, Holy shit. That's got to be sad. <laughs> um, and the other two games, I mentioned the Pac-12. Two mm-hmm. huge games this weekend. So Oregon, three three-point favorite at Washington. And then Arizona State at Utah. Utah's 14-point favorite. I think if there is a Pac-12 team that's going to sneak in, it is going to be Utah or Oregon. So for Pac-12 sake, both those teams need to win. I like both of them to win. I actually really like Oregon this year. Their defense has been fucking dominant mm-hmm. outside of, uh, well, I mean, they only gave up 21 points to Auburn, but I believe they've given up single digits in every game since then, not as good as Wisconsin's, but I like Oregon. But watch Washington go and fuck it up for the Pac-12. Yep. Well, the Pac-12, it's like any time they have a team that might hey, they're going to get one for a conference. It's like some random-ass team in the conference just beats them, and they end up having two more losses in the year, so who knows. But, yeah, like you said before, it's it's just one of those Saturdays in college football where you look out and you're like, ah, there's not that many big, big-time big games out there. Nope. Yeah, there's not. They're saving it for 26. There's a lot of a lot of good games mm-hmm. next weekend. But, uh, hey, it's college football. There's going to be there's gonna be crazy shit that's going to happen all over. So yep. uh, I'm excited. All right, let's move on to the final part of the pod and some segments. Since uh, apparently there's playoff baseball going on. Oh, yeah, which Ryan. I th- I want to say people haven't really noticed. I mean, did the Braves even play the Cardinals? <laughs> did the Nationals even play the Cardinals? Yeah, like, the Nationals just walked at it. I think the main thing here for me is it just shows that the baseball, the Nats just destroying their way to the, or not destroying, they had, I was, we already talked about the goddamn Brewers meltdown versus the fucking Nationals, but beating the Dodgers and then absolutely destroying the Cardinals. Like the Cardinals were, they might as well just not even showed up. Just, just asked them for their share of revenue and just not even showed up at all. But it just goes to show that baseball is just like NFL football. You just got to get in. You never know what's going to happen. NBA, it's like NBA, you know the top team's going to make it. Like, who knows? Yep. But you just got to get in the playoffs. Once you get in there, anything can fucking happen. I think I saw heard stat today that they're the oldest team in baseball as well. So really? It's pretty much all the old, like all these older fuckers being like, hey, young bucks, we're still here. But, but yeah. And then Astros. I think the Yankees fans thought they're a little bit top shit. They won one game for the Astros. They won again. They got their next, their third game, or excuse me, fourth game got delayed to uh, 
to tomorrow, but yep. But which man. which pushed? I love how um, not to go back to college football, but uh, Big Ten two years ago wanted games on like Friday nights. Yep. To like highlight the conference now. Ohio State's playing at Northwestern on Friday night, and that game gets pushed to – I think it's getting pushed to Big Ten Network. Oh, is it? Well, yeah, because now they have oh, – yeah, Fox they has have... Uh, wrestling mm-hmm. on Friday nights. So then they had to push the playoff game to FS1, which meant the Ohio State-Northwestern game had to get pushed somewhere. So that is now on Big Ten Network. And that is your Cable Maze segment of the day. Yes. That is your cable news of the week. Um, I don't think you're going to find this surprising. I think I've watched three innings of playoff baseball. You know, I'm proud of you for each <laughs> one of those innings, Ryan. Minus the Brewers-Nats game. Because I think, was I out somewhere watching that? Yeah, I think you were out at the Taverns. I think I was at the Taverns watching that. So, um, Does it make you more pissed off? that you guys lost in the fashion that you did now that the Nationals are in the World Series? Or are you like, even if the Brewers would have won, they wouldn't have pulled off what the Nats are doing? I think at the time, I was just extra pissed off just because I knew, even though the Brewers are kind of running on fumes at the end of the year, the unreal run, you just never know what's going to happen. So that's why I was just extra pissed because it's like, yeah, we had to play the Dodgers, who was supposedly the best team in MLB this year, but the Nats have just pro- proven that, hey, you just got to make it to the next round. You literally never know what's going to fucking happen. And now they're in the World Series, and we goddamn blew it in the last fucking inning and a half, Ryan. Ugh. All right. Enough about that. That's right. I got a nice new Brewers jersey for my birthday. I'll be ready to roll for next year. There we go. All right. Well, since the next time we're going to be on the uh, yankees Astros series is probably going to be over, who do you like in that series? I'm going Astros. I think their pitching is just gonna is gonna be too much. Cole I like, the, Ash- is, Cole I like is, the Astros too. Cole hasn't lost since goddamn I think May. I believe. Yeah, it is. I heard that on the radio today. He's 19 and 0 since May. On fucking real, dude's gonna throw like a 400 pitchers. He's gonna pitch like 200 pitch games, two times in the World Series. <laughs> and he still throws 99 like in the eighth inning. It's unreal. Yeah, that's pretty fucking remarkable. 19 and 0. I think it was 23 starts since yep. May. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Especially so. with the juiced up baseballs these days. Well, aren't the conspiracy theories they took out the juiced up baseballs for the playoffs? Ah, so that's why there's no mm, bombs. Yeah. Mm. Something to ponder about, folks. Okay, what else what else you got? I don't got anything for butthurt or did you know? Well, I got because I mean, but hurts gonna lead into my miserable bitch of the week. I, was I say, think it's yeah, pretty. Minus, minus two. I got minus two. So I'll tie those together. For for tweets, Ryan, did you see we have an NFC North meth off? <laughs> no. What? So Devonte Adams tweets oh, out after the game. Yeah. Our one-two punch at running back is the filthiest. If you disagree, well, you're on meth. Then my good old local nemesis, Paul fucking Allen, tweets in, Hey, Devontae, couple things. Enjoy watching you play, blah, 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 enough of the good shit. Secondly, I've never tried meth and prefer Cook and Madison over your duo. And in fact, you could go deep with a Dermir, and it's the best trio in the NFL. Anyways, good luck. So we got a good old-fashioned meth running back off to enhance the Packer Vikings 
rivalry going forward, so something to look out for. Oh, but fucking Paul Allen sucks. Is that who you said did it? Yeah, Paul, Paul Allen? Allen. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he's awful. Um, I actually also have a tweet um, for you. So the Tennessee Titans are hosting the Chargers. And do you know who's singing the national anthem at that game? <laughs> oh, Mason Ramsey. <laughs> Mason Ramsey. Uh, so Mason Ramsey just tweeted, uh, if you if you ain't go no giddy up, then giddy out of my way, Chargers. You take the Chargers. So the Chargers are fucked. Take the Titans minus two. That's a great call. Great call. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Yes, and then before we get into the last one, I don't we don't need to break down the whole uh China. political standpoint, but NBA is just fucked. No matter what they say or do, they're screwed. Yep. I love the I gotta say I do love the hypocrisy of LeBron. Oh yes. Like once it becomes and I mean like you obviously under like you understand it in the mm-hmm. aspect of when people do something that loses you money, you get you get mad. But I don't know. Like it's, I said, I don't want to get too much of politics, but that's a bigger issue than than a lot of fucking things. Yeah. A lot of other things that can lose you money. I think many people said just alone China would account for ten to fifteen percent of the NBA's revenue, which obviously would impact. Salary cap, sponsorships, etc. But like you said, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So if I was an NBA person, I would just take the fifth, wait for six, four months to pass by. That's about all I would have of that. Well, I mean, yeah, you're anybody involved in the NBA. You're anybody that's uh, sponsored by Nike, which is a shit ton of people. It's like just just go to the next question and say, hey. I'm talking about sports. That's yeah. all I want to talk about. So. Even though they said they don't want to shut up and dribble, but in this case, yeah. might have to. <laughs> Did you see what Joe Harris said, though, when somebody asked him about it? No. About them, like, someone asked him, like, how the China situation might um, affect their salaries and how they're going to lose money. And he was like, I don't care. I'm already getting paid way too much for for playing just a game. <laughs> well, there you go. It's all for heart of the game, fellas. Shove that game, attitude. Heart of the game, folks. So, all right, let's move on. Final segment, Miserable Bitch of the Week. What do you got, Jake? I have a feeling ours is going to be similar. Yeah, here, Ryan, I'll I'll let you go first this week. You want me to go? Yep, you can go. Because okay. I, got, I got a little bit of a combo, too. So, I'll, based on what you say, I'll I'll pivot off to what I'll, I'll say. I'll be, I'll be specific. So, I'm a person who likes to, when I have some free time, I like to go on Reddit. You know, you get a lot of news there. You get some funny stories, stuff like that. So my miserable bitch of the week is everyone is the 67,700 members of the Detroit Lions community on Reddit because that thing is just blowing up with complaints about the Packers. Uh, Here, Jake, they are playing at home against the Vikings next week. Um, you can buy a shirt for $10 that says fix the refs, not the games that are protest shirts. And they're like fucking bright yellow. <laughs> um, someone made a meme of Aaron Rodgers talking to the officials and it says, 
you keep you keep moving the sticks and I'll keep sucking your dicks. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so they are just in shambles. They're in shambles. They don't know what to do with them. They just keep they don't know that the Lions played poorly and lost. So they're just blaming it on the refs. And then of course Detroit Lions Twitter, they changed all that they tweeted out a hashtag like Detroit versus everyone and then they started changing changing to like Detroit versus the refs or some shit like that. Yeah. Um so I'm gonna go on the Detroit Detroit Lions Reddit. They got another thread here. David Bakhtiari is officially my least favorite player in the NFL. Apparently Bakhtiari holds on every fucking play. Um holy shit, did you just hear that? Hear what? Okay, good. <laughs> Nothing. It just something on my computer just dinged really loud and scared the fuck out of me. Ooh, spooks. Spooks. Yeah, it is spooky season. So Happy Halloween, the, folks. The Detroit Lions Reddit, um, they are my miserable bitch of the week because I don't think they're ever going to get over this. Yeah. So mine's a two-parter. Based off that, two, is my biggest pet peeve, especially in the NFL, is when everyone talks about the refs, what do they do, Ryan? They send a nice little tweet, send a nice little comment, post a goddamn screenshot of a play that covers a tenth of a second. Yes, someone might have grabbed someone or touched someone, touched someone's face mask, did X, Y, and Z. That is literally for a tenth of a second of the play. What does everyone say? Do not call the ticky-tack fouls. Just call the obvious and intent fouls. So it's by, literally by everyone posting a screenshot, anyone, someone taps and, or brushes someone's face mask or something like that for a tenth of a second or one second, no one in their right mind wants the refs to call that call that foul. No one in their right minds. We'd be playing for eight hours. So that is including that miserable bitch category. Secondly, the biggest difference of even though which we both agree there were blown calls by the refs, but it was obvious that the, the Detroit player was grabbing and pushing and pushing upwards in that same motion for the entire play. So that is why it drew the attention of the refs, not saying it was a proper follow call that they called on it, but that's why that is very different than if someone poaches, posts screenshots of random people brushing someone's face mask or touching it for a tenth of a second. No, those are not the fucking same thing. So, yes, I agree with your miserable bitch category. And then parlaying that into probably the biggest miserable bitch so far this NFL season has to be Al Riveron, head of the officials. <laughs> I mean, holy fuck. I mean, he's probably getting paid a bunch of money, and he's probably smoking a cigar in the review booth being like, hey, I don't give a shit. But good God. I mean, you got literally everyone just going to networks being like, pay anyone more money. Then this guy, he's got to be just, like, packing for his home in Hawaii or something. I don't know. Dude, he's the worst. I mean, and he's – there's no, like – you got to understand that all these – I don't think people realize that all the pass interference calls are, like, his decision. So it's not the refs on the field. And, like, I just don't – like, I think he's just so fucking annoyed – at, like, the refs missing that call in the Saints last year that changed his job so much that he just, like, doesn't want to change it. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm going with my boys or girls or whoever's making the call. Everyone fucking hates him. 
just like follow the NFL referees on Twitter. Anything that they tweet out, just start reading the replies. You will laugh your ass off. And then there's videos of him, and he just he looks like he's strung out. Speaking yeah. of math, he looks like he's doing math. He looks like oh, he yeah. wants to be in on that battle. Like <laughs> he just doesn't want to be there. I don't know why he just doesn't fucking quit. And I honestly have no I have no idea who'd want to take that job. I, yeah, I have no idea either, but I think you would just have some common sense of how you should tweak the rules. Like we already said in previous podcasts, PI review. Yeah, if you're going to make it a review, make it reviewable in the last two minutes. So that way you can actually just rule it specifically to the letter of the law. Don't have to worry about overruling your all your refs for the entire game. Just be like, hey, it's only reviewable in the last minute. Because, yeah, people are going to get pissed off throughout the game, but you have t- chances to adjust for whatever Everyone's going to freak about the most in the last seconds. Just like it happened with the Packers-Lions game, that last hands-to-the-face call. Even though everyone says, oh, it never happens to the Packers. Last year, obviously, they had that bullshit penalty on Clay Matthews week week two or whatever it was. You know, and then the most famous one of all, the Seahawks failed Mary. So, yeah, but no, it never Dude, happens yeah. to the fucking Packers. But sure. the, the Packers had to get sacrificed to the NFL gods twice. To make the NFL better in the in the fail yes. Mary to get the replacement refs out of there. And the last year, Clay Matthews had to go back to back weeks. Yeah. I mean the Minnesota one literally it's the same thing Lions fans are complaining about. It ended up in a tie. Mm-hmm. And then there was the one the next week against Washington. I think he had two of them that game. Yeah. Both of them were bullshit. I mean the Packers lost by double digits that game, but still it's like mm-hmm. fucking come on. Yeah. Um I would say and two, sorry, not to beat a dead horse in this, but say they didn't call the second one. The Packers would have kicked a field goal, been up. Okay, yes, we would have made the 30-some fucking yarder. And then the Lions would have had, what, a minute 20, a minute 30 to march down to win. Yes, you say they still have a chance, but their offense had had, like, 70 fucking yards at that point since they're after the first four drives. So it's not like, the, it's not like that guaranteed the Lions were going to lose the game. Like, no matter what. Like, it, I, I should say, it's not like it went from a guaranteed Lions win to a guaranteed Packers win. Correct. Yeah, I'm That's, with you. That was, the, that was the better way I meant to phrase that. There's so many, um, there's so many, like, people on the internet that were saying how Matthew, there's, like, Matthew Stafford's done it so many times. There's no way he wanted, like, drove him down and they would have kicked, you know, the game winning field goal. And it's like, shut. Like, what? What did the Lions do from, like, the second quarter on that made you think they were going to move the ball? Because they didn't. No. They didn't in the second half. I think I had their, uh, I think I had their drive chart up here. Um, well, maybe I didn't. Yeah, I did. This is the Lions' second half drives. Three plays, negative eight yards. Four, four plays, two yards. Seven plays, 34 yards. Five plays, six yards. Four plays, eight yards. Six plays, 16 yards. Fucking awful. What made you think that Matthew Stafford was going to do anything? Nothing. Yeah. So Nothing. I could see if it gave, if the Packers were down and then all of a sudden, you know, they made some bullshit Hail Mary call that that guarantees the win, then yes, you could say that we got the win, a.k.a. Packers, Seahawks. But if even if they didn't call it, we were still going to kick a field goal and the Lions are going to have a minute 30 to have to march all the way down the field, which they hadn't done that since freaking Nam the start of the game. So, buzz mm. off. I'm with you. There's nothing 
nothing more than I want this week than for there to be in a huge officiating mistake in the Vikings Lions oh, game. Yes, please God <laughs> give that to me. And I do not care which team it goes against. I just want it to happen. No. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that is it for this episode. We yeah. are finally back. We'll be back on our normal schedule. Yeah. Episodes Thanks. coming out on Thursdays. Um if you don't know what audio drifting is, go look it up so you can realize how annoying it was when I was trying to uh, edit the podcast last week and realized it was never going to fucking happen. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why the week before that, there seemed like there was some weird pauses. So, yeah. no, me and Ryan don't uh, like to meditate to each other <laughs> in between our thoughts. Try to telepathically tell each other what we're thinking before we speak it. So, yeah, um, you can... Uh, follow Moxie Sports on Twitter, sports underscore Moxie. The Instagram handle is moxie.sports. Tune and Touch is on Instagram. I'm going to try to keep posting to that more often uh, once we get going here. Um, Jake, you got anything else to end the show with? No, I think we went a little, little longer again just because we're both excited to get back and rolling. Trying to fucking catch up. So go pack go. Have a good weekend. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown, Michigan! Michigan wins! Two to go. Two to go. Trip to the sweet 16. Katie's got it. Rises up. The shot. And it's good! It's good! Wisconsin has won it! Hasselback maybe changing the play of the line. Looks left and right. Takes the snap, short drop, quick throw, left side. Yes! The right side! Going down the right side, into the end zone. It is Al Harris! Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! from the 21, and he puts it up. Edwards for the time, touchdown! He goes up! He's got it!